everybody and welcome to another episode of Theme Park Sandbox. My name is Drew. My name is Aaron. And thank you so much for joining us again for another episode. Uh, this episode is really, really fun uh, because, Aaron, I don't know if you know this, but we got a lot of really good feedback about the last yeah. time we did an overrated, underrated episode. Yes. And last time it was like very generic, very vague. Um, we cover just theme parks in general, things that are mm -hmm. overrated and underrated. And um, so we did a little bit of Disney. We did a little bit of um, Universal Studios. And this episode, we're going to be focusing on only Universal Studios in North America. Now, I've been to the one in Japan, but Aaron hasn't. Um, yeah. It's basically like all of the old rides we had in Hollywood uh, are now in Japan. <laughs> so we don't need to talk about that. But... Um, some of the parameters for today's episode, Aaron and I um, decided that we should do at least uh, two or three uh, underrated and two or three overrated. And then I think Aaron mentioned that he has some honorable mentions in there. So I've, I've got an honorable mention. Yeah. Towards the end of the list. Yeah. Well, do you want should we start with underrated? I always feel like we should we should start it with like the things we love. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this this will probably not surprise you, Drew. I went primarily with uh, with my East Coast parks. So I'm mostly going to be on um, Universal Orlando and Islands of Adventure. Well, uh, did you do mostly mostly the Hollywood stuff? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that's perfect because Good. I did mostly Hollywood. So Good deal. I, I do. Good deal. I do really hope that I can go out there and visit you soon. You know, once we're yeah, once we're you know back to some sort of normal, but. Um, until then, I'm just going to be covering Hollywood today. So, Awesome. Yeah, well, I was going to say, what I want to do is consider this kind of like means to sell you on what we're going to do when you come out here and when you get to fully experience um, these two parks. In a really cool way, these parks are kind of like Universal's take on the Disneyland Resort because it has that sort of like park right next door feel and yeah. so you can get like this brand new experience just by walking you know four minutes it's pretty cool so it has that dca to disneyland dynamic that cool. you don't get at walt disney world um so that being said i'm excited to see you out here and here are some of the underrated things that we're definitely definitely going to enjoy let's do it so the first thing, uh, and I guess this doesn't really specify Orlando, I would say that this applies to um, all of the universal properties in the world, but their food is massively underrated, like incredibly criminally underrated. Really? Uh, okay. I wrote down, um, I wrote down a little list of like sort of a, a really great food day at Universal. Um, so it starts breakfast, lunch, and then a snack, and then dinner. They've got some really iconic food, really iconic treats, some great beverage options. Disney is renowned for their food choices, and I think Universal does a really, really good job of sticking to that high quality and really uh, meeting Disney kind of blow for blow when it comes to their food. So just a couple of examples. One of my favorite places to start for breakfast at Universal Orlando is the Today Cafe. They've got an awesome avocado toast. Uh, they are known for their various homemade Pop-Tarts. 
which are super, super good. Um, and they've got a couple of other just like great breakfasty things, like a super good bagels and locks, you know, like just your, your awesome little like handheld breakfast items are just made really nicely. Uh, the lunch that I sort of like, I'm basically just telling you what our itinerary is for whenever <laughs> you come out here later this year. Okay. Uh, so there's an awesome chicken and waffle sandwich uh, in the Simpsons area at the, um, the Cletus Chicken Shack. They've got a bunch of other cool things in the Simpsons area. I mean, you can have Duff beer, but it's an actual local Florida IPA that's bottled as Duff beer. And I know that's an East Coast exclusive because obviously you don't have that brewery out on the West Coast. I think everyone knows about the three broomsticks and uh, and that cuisine option. Yeah. Everyone knows about butterbeer, so I'm not going to like harp too much on the things that are well-known because we're talking about underrated. But the ice cream options, you can get a Earl Grey and Lavender ice cream, or my personal favorite is the strawberry peanut butter ice cream. Ooh. Phenomenal. Yeah. Like, so, so delicious. I think I've seen some videos of people eating that, actually. It, it yes. seems like a weird flavor, but then they're like, oh my gosh, this is so good. Where has this been? It's all really my life? outstanding. Cool. It's really outstanding. It's, it's surprising, but okay. it's, it's very, very good. Plus all the like, well-known um, candy treats that you'd get uh, in, in both sides of the Harry Potter, um, right. Harry Potter lands. And then the last place, I, I think I've talked about this in a previous episode um, when I talked about Islands of Adventure, but Mythos. Uh, my favorite item at Mythos is the pad thai. I've never had a better pad thai in a really? theme park. Okay. I might, I might say I've never had a better pad thai anywhere, but I'm not like a pad thai expert. But their food <laughs> is incredible. They've got a huge selection and uh, some really, really good stuff in there. Uh, Mythos is like a, a internationally ranked, I think it's like top five theme park restaurants on the planet, like for some like obscene amount of years like it's just extremely extremely good yeah. so my first underrated item is universal's food okay so that's really interesting um because m my first overrated is universal studios food <laughs> <laughs> yes we're finally we're going at it put on your gloves aaron no um it, it's different right like it's totally different in hollywood versus florida um i feel like <sighs> Because the parks have been closed here in California, what Universal and Disney and Knott's has had to do is they've had to kind of shift and like change the way they operate. And obviously they've been really pushing these like, you know, food events or like tasting events like Universal has taste of Universal right now, mm -hmm. um, like through May. And I all I haven't gone, but I'm I'm very partial to like Disney's Food and Wine Festival and everything that I eat there, for the most part, is is genuinely delicious, like and really, really well done, even though the portions are really small. Um, but Universal Studios for me, besides Three Broomsticks, which I have to agree with you, is like one of the best food. In fact, the last time we went, we ate at Three Broomsticks in yeah. Hollywood. Um, and yeah. like even even then, I was like. I had some dietary restrictions at the time and like I found something that was delicious and I, I it didn't take away from the experience at all. So um, I love, love, love that restaurant. But everything else in Universal Studios Hollywood falls super flat for me. Um, and specifically, the reason why I ended up on my overrated list is because of one restaurant 
And it, I think that theme, I think it's criminal for theme parks to include this restaurant in their parks. And that's Panda Express. Um, if you go to the lower lot, Panda Express is just like when you have a brand um, that is outside of the theme park that's coming in as a third party, it really pulls you out of that theme park experience. And like, to, to be frank with you, like whenever I go to a theme park and they have like Panda Express, I look at the prices and I go, wait, this is a ripoff <laughs> because yeah. they charge you way more for the food in the parks than they do outside. And so, it, like I said, it just kind of ruins the experience. It pulls you out of the whole theme park vibe. I also really, um, I, I don't look at turkey legs, smoked turkey legs as a meal and Universal Studios um, sells it as a full on meal. And I as just, an entree, yep. yeah, mm-hmm. and I just don't think that is correct. So for that reason, and for Panda Express, um, it's overrated to me. So I'm really excited. I'm, to I'm right there with you. Yeah, I'm right there with you on the Panda Express. I was, I thought you were going to say Johnny Rockets, which is basically the same offense. It is. It is. And, yeah. and Knott's Berry Farm has both. <laughs> so yeah, and and I guess like right on the border would be Mel's Drive-In, right. which is like at least a little bit more cinematic. It has that American graffiti quality to it, but it's still like just kind of like a diner joint that they stuck inside of a park. Yeah. It's not, um, I don't know, but I definitely agree with you. Panda Express and Johnny Rockets can see their way out. It just, it just pulls you out of the experience. Like I said, and so I'm, yeah. I'm really excited though, to go to islands of adventure because it seems like in Seuss landing, and um, like you said, Mythos, like I've heard really, really great things about those restaurants. And so I'm super excited to, to try those. So, yeah. Yeah, they have uh, the Green Eggs and Ham restaurant has some crazy like tot inspired, like almost like scrambles. Yeah. And apparently I haven't actually tried this yet, but apparently uh, the other restaurant in um, in Seuss Landing has the best fried chicken uh, in the parks. Okay. So very, very interested to try that i've had the fried chicken on the chicken and waffles but i haven't had it in seuss landing nice cool well hey that's the first thing that we have like kind of you know yeah complete opposites (laughs) (laughs) yeah even though you know there you can you can defend that it's because they're on different coasts but anyway yeah um okay well then since i did an overrated why don't i do an underrated and then um, great and then we can go from there so cool my first underrated thing at universal studios hollywood is something that most people walk right by on their way to the lower lot and it is the studio overlook so the thing about universal studios hollywood is it's perched on a hill so there's a lower lot and an upper lot and you have to take like three huge escalators to get to the lower lot and on your way down there's a little like a little um just walkway a little landing yeah like a little landing exactly Mm -hmm. Um, and there's this really cool thing. If you go to the rail on the right, there's like a map that shows you all of the things that you can see from that overlook. And the coolest thing is that it's it's literally all real Hollywood studios, like yeah. real studios where the movies that you and I and everybody watch um, get filmed. And I just think that is so cool. And I, I really don't understand why they don't push it a little bit more. You, you really do feel like you're in Hollywood when you when you think about it, like, oh, my gosh, like these are actually where movies are filmed. And I think they yeah. should really highlight that 
as much as like having an immersive experience in a theme park is like the opposite. Um, you know, I just think that's something that everyone should do. I think it's totally underrated. Um, and then like just the fact that Universal Studios shoots live films, commercials, shows on their studio lot is constantly yeah constantly it's like yeah it's pretty impressive that they can have a fully functioning theme park you know right next door so and and let alone one that you can you can ride a tram uh through but um anyway right through it yeah yeah so that's my that's my first underrated that's a that's a great underrated uh i mean just to be be able to be inside of a theme park and then look down and see i mean i recently saw the back lot in the season finale of wandavision Right. Not a spoiler for it, yeah. like, but it's it's this that's the setting. It's it's literally there. And anytime that you see a theater in WandaVision, that's the theater that's in the back lot. And uh, you can sort of even recognize certain spots if you've been down on that tram tour enough time, you start recognizing them in major like major television, major film uh, productions. Yeah, if you and even some minor ones. If you watch WandaVision and you see like the movie theater marquee. That's the same marquee that the DeLorean crashes into <laughs> in, mm-hmm. in Back to the Future. So, like, yep. I think that's really amazing and totally underrated. Anyway, I'll let you Absolutely. Go. Absolutely. Well, and, and just, I'm just nerding out on this because I'm glad you brought that up. You can see Warner Brothers, like, often to the right. Yeah. And then, like, almost a straight shot out, you can see uh, Mickey's Sorcerer Hat at Walt Disney Productions. Yeah. It's all right there. Like you were truly right there. in Hollywood. And I mm-hmm. think they should really, yeah. really push that experience. At least they took away the wooden cutouts of the, what was it? Like Apollo, Apollo 11? 13. Apollo 13. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was uh, an interesting choice that they made. But yeah, definitely an upgrade. Since you went to underrated, and I've already done an underrated, I guess I'll transition to my overrated. And I I thought a bit about this. I realized something in reflection. Everyone complains about Universal's screen attractions and too much screens and too much screens. I'm actually not bothered by too much screens, but what I am bothered by is theater-based simulator rides. Oh, okay. Specifically, like the screen-based attraction, Transformers and Spider-Man, those are pretty great. Mm -hmm. I enjoy those rides quite a lot. I think they're cool. But the fact that when you walk into uh, Universal Orlando, you are confronted by minions to the left and then Shrek to the right. Mm -hmm. And then if you continue like just down the main drag and then to the left, you have Jimmy Fallon race through New York. All three are the same ride. Yeah. Yeah. And we have... We have Kung Fu Panda, which is basically the Shrek, the same Shrek mm-hmm. one that you have just converted yeah. to Kung Fu Panda. So I exactly yeah, I agree. Exactly. And I will say that uh, to Shrek's redemption, their pre-show is pretty funny. <laughs> so like the parts of it that don't involve being a theater simulator are cool. But otherwise, it's like th- there, there's three of ba- like if you had Dumbo and Aladdin and a third spinner ride, like the rocket jets, all in the same park. Like, doesn't that start to sound redundant? Yeah. yeah. Isn't this maybe a preview of my overrated for Disney? I don't know why I'm going there now. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I agree with you completely. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. recently watched a video of Jimmy Fallon's race through New York because like, 
like it showed up with him writing it with like Blake Shelton or someone like on the show. And I was like really confused because it shows them going into a theater, sitting down, and then it just cuts to them exiting and saying, well, that was a great ride. And I'm like, is what is it? Is it a ride or is it, is it a show? Like what, what is it? So yeah, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of weird going into a theater. Now I will say um, the great movie ride for that, that was at um, Hollywood studios in Florida. That was kind of the same thing, except the actual rows were a ride vehicle. I thought that was really cool because it was completely unexpected. But Absolutely. I, I'm well, and it. it was going into it was going into actual sets, right? And Great Movie Ride even had actors. Like you right. had a a real uh, a real person in your ride vehicle that was your host, a la like a a Jungle Cruise skipper or something, and they had like preset dialogue lines and corny jokes. It was great. And then at a point, uh, either like a like a cowboy or like a old 1920s gangster would come and like take them out of the ride. That's right. And then yeah. you like got hijacked for like another third of the ride. Like <laughs> awesome. Crazy cool experience. And it's all happening right there in front of you. It's not no 3D glasses. It's practical yeah. effects. Mm-hmm. Um, I completely agree with you. And actually, um, if you're if you're finished, I actually that gives yes. me a segue into my um my overrated uh okay. which is uh i didn't think about theaters and like simulated theater rides but i did think about um universal studios use of 3d on certain attractions and mm. the the one that comes to mind is the one so weirdly i got to experience um the world of harry potter in Tokyo or uh, in Osaka, so in Japan yeah. first, and on their forbidden journey, it's not 3D. And so when I came back to the U.S. and our Wizarding World opened, and it was in 3D, I thought it was totally unnecessary uh, because there's an equal amount of screen and an equal amount of practical sets, and so for me. Putting 3D glasses on and looking at a practical set or like a like a tree or something that's physically there in front of you is really weird. It feels like you're wearing sunglasses indoors. Um, so <laughs> that's my first like overrated as far as like um, tech within the Universal Studios theme parks. Like just 3D glasses should not be on that ride. Like people already get pretty sick on that ride too. Cause it's pretty vigorous mm-hmm. movement. Um, that's right. And they, they've, they've added it. Like, I think they've added fans and things like that to keep you from yeah. getting <laughs> sick or getting motion sickness. Yeah. But like I, none of the effects really need to be 3d. It's kind of like when movies came out in 3d, but there was no use of the 3d. It was just like for the sake of like saying this is in 3d pay $10 more. Like it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It was just to pay more. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's like a ton of work. Um, it doesn't need it. And I really wish that they would take 3d out of forbidden journey. Well, good news, Drew. They have taken out 3d in forbidden journey in Orlando. Really? Okay. Yes. So someone's ahead of me. (laughs) Yes. So, um, on the East coast, we're right there with you. Um, so yeah, you do have that fan effect. So it's like keeping you kind of like more aware of what's going on and not going like too motion sicky to that place. Yeah. Uh, 
And yeah, I mean, I totally agree that the scene that you were talking about, the Whomping Willow scene, yeah. like that's a crazy cool animatronic and it's enormous and you lose some of that effect. You lose some of the appreciation for the scale of that crazy thing and what you're actually doing and that you're being thrown around by a tree when you have that little plastic lens in front of you, kind of like yeah. just messing with, with all the perception. And even if you bump up the lighting... In, in for those practical effects, the 3D glasses still take you out of it. So like, yeah. it's still it's Agreed. still weird. It still feels like you're wearing sunglasses indoors. So yep. um, Agreed. Cool. Okay, well, um, yep. I just did an overrated. So why don't you do an underrated? So my underrated, and I'll admit completely, fully and honestly, I did not fully appreciate this when I lived in California. And I don't think that it has as much value in California. So I'll say that uh, for you coming out to visit you're probably not going to appreciate this until you experience this and realize Express Pass is so incredibly worth it, especially if you only have one day. Uh, Buying an Express Pass is expensive. And that's, I think, the main thing that is a turnoff to most visitors, especially if they're familiar with a fast pass that is free right. and that can be scheduled. Mm-hmm. And they don't understand the idea that, like, it's not that it's a fast pass that's a scheduled return time. This is just a standard line and an express line. And you paying a little extra means you have access to the express line, either on a one time basis or on a recurring basis. I'll put it to you this way Would you rather wait in lines and buy a two-day ticket to experience everything or wait in nearly no lines and get to do everything in one single day. Yeah. That is kind of like the the value proposition for an express pass. It makes you feel very important, though. And I think this is maybe the thing that, because you literally have, like, this little badge that's hanging on a lanyard, and you get it scanned two or three times in every line, and you get to just walk right past people, and it is just incredible now i have a question about that though like do you miss really cool parts of the queue because of your express pass because like that that has always bothered me like so if you go to like single rider on millennium falcon smugglers run like you miss everything yep like you miss hondo you miss like all of like literally everything so like does that happen when you buy express pass It happens on certain lines. I think the worst offender of this would be um, the Men in Black ride because I really like that pre-show. But it's been kind of like hit or miss when they're actually doing it. And I think in COVID, they're not at all because it involves bringing a big group of people into a small room. um, Kind of imagine it like uh, the elevator before you get into the main queue of Haunted Mansion or like into the main interior. Um, everyone gets brought into a single room and you go through like an experience and you move forward. I don't think they're going to be doing it anyway. It, it works on everything right now except for Hagrid's and I'm sure it will it will be excluded from uh, Velocicoaster yeah. as well. Yeah, so for the rides. big, big rides, it'll be there eventually, but the demand is so incredibly high that they're just going to exclude it because they don't need to, they don't need to coax anyone to join that ride. It's, it's awesome. So how like would you compare it to like Max Pass, right? Like Max Pass is like I think it's like fifteen dollars or I think it was fifteen dollars before they closed per person. Like how much is an express pass per person then? It varies, uh it varies seasonally, or, or I guess it the fair way to say it is it varies based on how many people are in the park. Okay. So for like uh an 
a like weekday in a non-peak season, it'll be like in the $60, $70, $80 range. Okay. Uh, if it's like summer or spring break or like, um, you know, the last week of the year for the winter, it's probably going to be in like the 150 range. Ooh. And, and so you're right. So quite a lot. Yeah. And that's why it really is a metric of like, okay, would you rather stand in line and be okay with standing in line and not get to experience everything or experience everything in two days or get to do everything in one single day. And you're just putting that second day's ticket into that first day. Yeah. And that means that you have that whole second day to do whatever the heck else you want. I maybe think, it's going to another Disney park or right. maybe it's doing something else. I think then what I would probably do when I eventually go visit Orlando is we could probably do a couple days uh, without it and then like the last day do it with it just to like see what it's like. But that sounds fun. That's I mean, yeah, I, I think if you're like on a tight schedule too, like you're just trying to like squeeze in this in this universal day, like that, that, that sounds like it's it's worth it. So. Cool. And I think that's probably a lot of the inspiration for it and why they've designed their park in that way is I, I think they have an understanding and awareness that they do play second fiddle to Disney. So where people are coming out to do a three, four, five day vacation where all of those days are visiting Disney and they realize, oh, I've got an extra day or, oh, I want to mix it up a little bit or my teenager wants to do more roller coasters. They can just sort of like fit in a, a universal day. Yeah. The opposite experience I don't think happens. I don't think people are planning a multi-day Universal Studios uh, vacation in Orlando. Right. And then they're like, you know, spur of the moment, let's do Magic Kingdom. So I don't think that that would occur. And I think that's where the Express Pass really like shines. It's that it, it is, it's enabling people to make kind of like a knee-jerk choice to suddenly visit this park. That's cool. And then have their mind blown. Because yeah. they're going to get so much of a more dense experience filled day than they would at any of the Disney parks. Nice. That's a good underrated. That's, that is a good one. I didn't really know what it was and it sounds like it's, it's underrated. So, but I will say this, the last little asterisk on there, as long as it stays underrated, it stays highly valued because if it gets too overrated, that means that there's no point. There's going to be very, very long lines right. in the express lines. So, uh, shh, don't tell anybody, but <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna use Express Pass. Keep it, keep it a secret, guys. Come on, keep it a secret. Yeah, just between, just between us, just between us. <laughs> nice. Okay. Well, um, that was your underrated. Why don't I do an another underrated, and then we'll yeah. we'll go into like double overrated. Yeah. So double. Um, yes. Okay. So my next underrated for Universal Studios, Universal Studios Hollywood, has to be like the atmosphere. Um, and what I mean by that is like atmosphere experiences not exactly atmosphere talent i'm not talking about the people that are walking around although i really really do love um those those uh those actors um what i'm talking about is like uh donkey from shrek when mm -hmm. you can visit him um and he talks to you it's very i mean it shouldn't be a surprise because i'm a huge fan of turtle talk with crush so like this is pretty much like the same thing except it's like donkey is right there in front of you um yeah I, I like i like experiences that people aren't expecting i love the idea of you're walking by and donkey says like hey you with the glasses and the red shirt like come over here you know something like that like i think that's so cool and that's that's one of those really like rare moments that you get in theme parks when you're like in front of like a live character voice that's talking directly to you and and actually asking you how your day is going or like what's new you know 
Um, so that's true. Yeah. And then the other two that I'd like to mention are the they're fairly new. So they they came out right before all the parks shut down. But the baby Velociraptor um, that gets carried around the Jurassic World Jurassic Park area, as well as the giant Triceratops uh, that walks around. We've got a clip of the baby, uh, the baby Velociraptor in our intro sequence. We do, and it's so, yeah. it's so, They're so, so cool. cool. And I think it's yeah. really creative. I think those experiences are underrated. If you ever get a chance to to go to the lower lot at Universal Studios Hollywood and and take a left where uh, Jurassic Park is. Take a look out for them because I think they're easy to miss because it's literally a person holding a holding a baby raptor. It's it's really mm-hmm. cool. Um, yeah. And just just go do it. It's really really neat. Well, let me expand on those those two experiences because in Orlando they recently revamped uh, the Raptor Encounter, which yeah. is like a photo op mm-hmm. with um, well the Velociraptor fully grown. Yeah, blue. And it's blue, it's, right? It's it. Yeah, it's blue. Yeah. And it's so strange that, uh, so he's got like a, uh, blue has a handler. And so the handler's like cracking jokes and kind of like guiding the line and doing all this kind of stuff. And you're standing in line. And you're like, cool, it's going to be some, you know, whatever. I, I mean, depending on your expectations, you might think that it's um, like a puppeted thing. You might think that it's like, a, I don't know, a screen. If you're one of those people that are like, Universal just wants to do screen right. stuff all the time. Yeah. Or you know, whatever your expectation is. Or it'll look fake. I think that's the most common one. Yeah. It'll look fake. You get up there and it gets to be your turn. And you have to turn your back to a dinosaur. <laughs> and then you start sweating. And you realize like, oh, I'm actually nervous right now. Yeah. This is actually kind of intense. Yeah. It's really, really crazy. I've seen videos of like grown men who are like, they walk up and like, you know, they like cross their arms like they're about to take a picture with a dinosaur and then they scream like a little girl as they run away. Because it is really terrifying. It is yep, really scary. It's so well done. I'm not going to do yeah, that. Yeah, it's so, so well done. No thanks. Oh, man. And the hosts are, <laughs> the hosts are super funny. And they know exactly how to like set up these these moments so that like even if you're just standing and waiting for your picture for 10 to 15 minutes, you're having a good time the whole time. Yeah, it's just entertaining watching other people freak out. Right. Especially yep. like I would imagine people who don't speak English who are visiting from a foreign country like they literally have no idea um, like what the handler is saying. It's just terif- It's just like a truly terrifying experience. I love it. It's great. Well, that's my overrated uh, underrated. Cool. So I guess it's my turn to go overrated. Yeah. Again, I'm, I'm using my East Coast park. My overrated uh, is the linkage between the, uh, the two parks in the back of the parks, the Hogwarts Express. Now, I'll say it's a good one-time experience. I think it's a neat concept to add theming to the linkage of your two parks but man for the amount of times that i've walked by and seen a 45 minute wait to essentially complete a 15 minute walk yeah i can't i i can't understand why that would be that way it's actually to me more of an argument to do uh express pass then because you just hop right on the train and now that 15 minute walk is like a guaranteed five minute and you're already in the park. You don't have to navigate back, but man, waiting 45 minutes for 
a short train ride with a little bit of like some some Harry Potter storytelling. Harry Potter storytelling is cool. I mean, some nice little effects and so forth, mm-hmm. but you do it once. Yeah, I, that's that's enough. I will say the last time this was like four years ago or three years ago, the last time I went to Universal Studios in Florida, I had never been to Universal Studios in Florida. And so we really wanted to ride the Hogwarts Express. So what did we do? Like, you have to buy a park hopper ticket. You have to buy a ticket that goes from one park to the other in order to even get on it. And then not only that, it was like, it was really weird watching the train go backwards. Um, I can't remember which, <laughs> which station. I think it's when you're at Universal Studios going to Islands of Adventure. It goes backwards, mm-hmm. right? And it's just kind of, it's kind of strange. And it, like, I'm glad that we did it because it made us walk into Islands of Adventure, which, like I said, the only reason we wanted to go in there was for Harry Potter. And so I'm mm-hmm. glad I did it, but it, it does feel a little like, uh, it's kind of cash grabby too you know like it's yeah it's park to park transportation that that they sort of turned into an attraction yeah. and it doesn't really have a clear identity and it's definitely it's definitely a, a method used to get people to do both parks yeah. because oh you got to do the hogwarts express or you don't get the full experience i don't know it's smart i guess if you're into just profiting but um I think it's an overrated experience by its very nature. Yeah, as someone who actually did buy the park hopper ticket specifically to do that, I'd have to agree it is a little bit overrated. Like it is really cool, but um yeah, I don't know if it's worth paying that extra money for the park hopper, especially with that wait. Luckily, we didn't have to wait very long when we went, but Oh, that's good. It sounds like the waits are crazy long now, especially with like social distancing and things like that. So, uh I'm with yeah. you. I'm with you. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Cool. Um, well, in that case, I should probably do my last overrated then, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, <laughs> my last overrated is something that um, it, as someone who has been going to theme parks a long time, I don't know why this bothers me so much, but <laughs> at the end, uh, when, when you're riding the mummy, at the end, when you're pulling back up to the unload station, um, the clapping, like the actual <laughs> team members clapping, I know this is like probably really nitpicky, but uh, like <laughs> with like the ear set, like, yep. get out so yep. we can load more people. It's just so not genuine. It's so forced. And then, like, sometimes it's just, like, you have one team member that doesn't. The other person's like, oh, right. Yeah. Like, it's just. <laughs> I hate it. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It's so it's, it's so, so disingenuous. It and it's like, yay, you survived the ride. Yeah. Get going. Were you expecting us to not come back? Why are you clapping? <laughs> So for me, that was like, like I said, it's a super nitpicky one, but like just the lackluster clapping that you get. I just can't do it. I can't do it. It drives me insane. So that's my final overrated. Um, All right. Yeah. That's a good one. Oh, that's super good. <laughs> so, so, and, and yeah, there are a few, there are a few thrill rides in Florida that they do the same thing. I get it. Uh, yeah. Where, I mean, to be fair, like let's, let's, 
let's call it out. There are other Disney rides that they do that too. I've had that on indie, you know, but it's not consistent. And they're actually like excited to see you back. It's like, hey, you know, they've got like something in the face yeah. happening other than just like earpiece and just like I'm at work. Don't bother me. I would rather they do it for like a kid that went on the ride who was really, really scared and really unsure about riding, but like, you know, built up the courage to ride it. And then mm-hmm. when they get back, applaud them, you know, like do something, yeah. make it something really special for that person. But don't do it just do it for everybody. You know, like I think it just yeah. ruins it a little bit. So. I mean, the mummy is a scary ride, so you probably have plenty of opportunities to celebrate a kid who is like looking a little bit pale. I agree. Getting on that ride. I agree. Yeah. You did it, kid. Hey, yeah. good job. You well did done. It. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. You and Brendan Fraser, you made it. Yeah. There you go. Awesome. <laughs> all right. My last overrated. Uh, I don't think this can be argued at all. So get ready to get on board, Drew. Okay. All right. Too many carnival games. <sighs> Even if you've themed them, I don't care if it's a Simpsons themed carnival game. I don't care if it's, you know, whatever. Um, those at least get some points for originality, I guess. But I was thinking about it and there's. Carnival games in the Simpsons area. There's carnival games between Toon Lagoon and Marvel Superhero Island in Islands of Adventure. And there's one other one. Oh, in Jurassic Park. They have one in Jurassic three Park. Ar- yeah, so three areas that have carnival games in two theme parks. Like, two theme parks, and you have three sets, unique sets, of pay-per-play carnival games these are not like included in your day this is like an additional experience you gotta chuck out money for yeah i think that goes in line with like panda express and johnny rockets right like it's just yep it's so cheesy it really does pull you out of the theme park experience and like i mean seeing someone walking around with like a cheesy you know lakers basketball it just has nothing to do with the theme parks I, i agree with you it's yeah. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. It's very cash grabby. Mhm. Yeah. And this was actually a surprising experience but in the same vein. I was walking around one day and I walked by this little alley in the like sort of like more city area and I was like, "Oh, what the there, there's somebody up there." And I thought it was like a some kind of character thing. Mm-hmm. No, it's just a rock wall. You can just so weird. pay 18 bucks and go climb a rock wall. Like, I would imagine that's something that's really acceptable at, like, the city walk, right? Like, something that's outside of the theme park is, like, maybe, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, like, bring a company in that does stuff like that. But, like, that's something that you experience at, like, Boomers or, like, you know, like, that's, I agree with you. Knott's Berry Farm is guilty of it, too. They're, they are super Mm -hmm. bad. And to be honest, when they did it at Disney California Adventure, I was not stoked about it. But at least when it, did they do that there? They, they did it um, a few years ago, and it's right. It's just to the right of the main entrance for Midway Mania um, on the oh. boardwalk. So it makes more sense, like thematically. It yeah. makes more sense to have boardwalk mm-hmm. style games. But like at least there, they give you Pixar specific toys that you can't just go out and buy in the rest of the park. Like, um, yeah. So like for me, that's kind of cool, and it has like some sort of novelty to it. But like when Knott's Berry Farm does like you know kick a soccer ball at a goalie and if you make it in the hole we'll give you a right thing. it just doesn't make any exactly. sense. exactly yeah exactly this is cheap and cheesy so 
That's a really good one. I, and I, to be honest, I walked straight by those, so I didn't even think about that. Oh, I think a lot of people probably walk right by them and don't even notice them and don't even pick up. It's like, oh, this isn't theme park right now. This is like this is kind of like walking by a porta potty that when you don't need to go to the bathroom, it's just it's not even there. Yeah. And some theme parks like Knott's Berry Farm, I don't know if they do this at Universal, but like you get barked at, you know, like they try to really yep. sell you as you walk by. And I just I hate that. Actually, the the worst offenders uh, uh, like that is not the carnival games, but it's the. um the like vacation club, oh, yeah. uh, like come by a Hilton timeshare. Those people are, are like standing in the middle of like a main thoroughfare and will just be like, hey, where are you visiting from? It's like, oh, I'm a local. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, cool. Like, um, and then it's just like, I'm single. Like, I, I remember like finding out what the criteria was. It's like, if you're married, if you make more than this much money, and if you're traveling, then you're like a highly likely qualified person. So a uh, little fun tip. If you say that you're single, if you say that you make under 40 grand <laughs> and you're local, they will leave you the heck alone. Have a great day, sir. You yeah. are not a yeah, candidate. It's like, all right, cool. We'll, we'll see you later. All right. Disney's really good at like not not letting their Disney Vacation Club people, you know, they, they're friendly. They, they'll say hi to you. Yes. But unless like you're wondering what they're doing there they won't even bring it up which is really nice so yes um, yeah cool okay well um i think all i have left is one uh underrated left i've got one underrated as well cool. we'll end it up on a positive note so um, yes. my third and final underrated and to be honest i had to really think about whether or not this is underrated but like and it has nothing to do with the amount of people that experience this thing um, I think it's the amount of people that don't understand how complicated it is to create this experience for these people to enjoy. And that attraction is the Waterworld Stunt Show. Ooh, mm -hmm. Do you guys have that in Florida? Do you have Waterworld? No, there's no, there's no Waterworld out here, but I've done Waterworld. I think I did Waterworld with you. Jeez. Yeah, I think it is yeah. completely underrated. I, I, to be honest, oh, I don't definitely. think I've ever actually seen Waterworld, <laughs> the movie. The movie? No, yeah, no, no, no. I don't no, think no. I've ever seen it. And if I did, it's probably not that good. But the Waterworld stunt show is absolutely fantastic. There is like, it's like just the right amount of time. Um, even when you're just going into the theater and just like sitting down, um, they have entertainment that keeps you like, you know, uh, like keeps you entertained. Yeah, they have like actors that splash people and they do like silly jokes and stuff before the show starts. And like, I really love that show from beginning to end. Now, like there's like fire effects. There's like these amazing stunt performers that jump off of, you know, roofs in, and dive into the water. Um, I think it's totally underrated. And I think people just kind of like, they, they just sit there and watch it and they don't really actually understand how difficult it is to choreograph a show safely to do yeah. multiple times per day so for me water world like i hope it never goes away i it's in japan too like not only is it in mm -hmm. hollywood it's in japan too and it, like it's just as good there it's like a 100 yep. percent clone except everyone's speaking japanese and like yeah. i enjoyed it just as much in japanese <laughs> so yeah yeah the yeah I mean, we could vamp on Waterworld probably for another hour yeah, just talking about like the various parts of the show. I mean, yeah, it's it's a stunt show that's better than the theatrical film that it was based on. Like, yeah. I think that almost says enough. But the ability for people to just see what's happening 
and just sort of like let it, no pun intended, wash over them. I, I mean, it's kind of like they've, see st- they've seen stunts on TV and movies yeah. and think, okay, well, that's clearly fake because that could never happen. And then when it really happens, you're like, well, no, it didn't really happen. And you just sort of like keep moving past it. But when you like really start breaking down the technical challenges and how they've achieved what they're achieving. I mean, there's a couple other stunt shows around the Orlando area. We've got the Indiana Jones stunt show. And I haven't watched a video and I haven't seen it in person either, but the Bourne Stuntacular, I'm super excited for. I know that it's amazing and that's why I don't want to see anything yeah. until I see it like in real life. And I mean, what a rough opening day. It opened on like March 10th last year. I know. And I, <laughs> so sent you, I sent you the message once it like it popped up on like my YouTube playlist and I was like, oh, I wonder what this mm-hmm. is. And I watched it and I had to send it to you. And yep. I'm so glad you decided to not watch it on the video. Yeah, I haven't watched it. Because I, I can't wait it. until you see it. But yeah, like mm-hmm. there, you're right. There's a bunch of stunt shows in, in Orlando. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Stuntacular replaced the Terminator stunt show. And right. the Terminator stunt show used to be in Hollywood as well. It's now... Um, Minions. I think it's now Minions. Yeah. 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 Downgrade. <laughs> I can't tell you... How many people that I talked to when I lived in California that like, oh, I went to Universal. Oh, did you see Waterworld? Uh, who's going to watch a show? It's what? so good. I would what? I would take that if they offered, like, if they got rid of every other show and just kept that one, I, I'd be okay with that. It's so good. Yeah. It's so great. Yeah. But. Definitely underrated. Yeah. That's probably the most underrated um, show in theme parking right now. I think so. I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, mine is maybe a bit of a um, a letdown after Waterworld, but I think that mandatory lockers are very underrated. <laughs> we should have And seen. let me tell you why. <laughs> okay. I don't even have to tell you why. No, let me tell you why. Um, I think that there is something to be said for getting on a ride without the burdens of your day and of real life. It's kind of like how you want to let the real world be outside of the walls and like, but you bring the real world in with you when you are worrying about where your wallet is. If you're worried about what sunglasses or regular glasses or your phone is the biggest one. Like if you don't have your phone and now you're in, uh, in line for the mummy, now you get to like play with all the interactive little traps that happen in the queue and you're watching the the in-queue videos and you're like appreciating what's going on and like absorbing the atmosphere so that when you do ride that ride, you're like, this is a dang cool ride. Yeah. And you sort of have that illusion that you've been riding the ride for like a half hour, yeah. even though it's you know only two, three minutes long. You have that illusion of like, oh, I've had this longer experience than actually the total time that I was inside of a ride vehicle. Yeah. And I think a lot of that comes from separating yourself from, in this case, your possessions. Now, of course, there's like the safety aspect of it, which is like there are a lot of rides that are like going upside down and doing crazy stuff. And they don't want to be responsible for shutting a ride down so that you can go get your iPhone off the ground in some enormous show building. Right. And, uh, I mean, in the case of, like, Rock and Roller Coaster, they don't want, like, all of your stuff <laughs> falling on someone's head or something. Yeah. I do wish, I will say, I, I do wish that those 
like the locker rooms that you're in had some sort of flow. Like you get in, you touch, you do the touch screen, you put your stuff in and then you exit out the other side. Because I will say the lockers for escape from Gringotts is, it's like a cluster. Same thing with, with forbidden journey. I mean, like it's such a nightmare and like forbidden journey. It's even, they've had to improve them. Yeah. Yeah, they've had to improve them for COVID so that there is more of like a, a system where they're letting people in and then they are funneling out in the like in the same flow direction yeah. so that like you aren't walking by the line again. That's good. Um, and they rebuilt uh, like they built a new locker building for um, for the Forbidden Journey. I don't even know if it's been finished yet, but they've been building it for a while. Okay. So, so there is definitely attention being paid to that because, oh my God, did it suck. It's such a nightmare. Uh, and then like the way that it spits you out into the gift shop, if you don't know where you're going, you'll like get into the line, go into the locker line and then leave the line completely and be in the gift shop and be like completely yeah. flustered. Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad that they're paying some sort of attention to that, especially because if it's mandatory, like you would think they would make it part of the queue process, right? Like put your stuff in you're still in the queue, right? Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think I, I always thought it could be done better. Um, but I, like you said, I also like the idea of just like not having your phone on you too. Like I yeah. I love those organic experiences that you get when you're waiting in line. Uh, like, <laughs> I'm sorry if uh, you've ever been in line with me and I have struck up a conversation that was uninvited. Uh, <laughs> I just, <laughs> I, I like talking with people, you know? I like, I like, you know, seeing what they did. Um, it's also a great way to like get tips on what's going on in the park True. that may not be given to you via the app. So um, anyway, lockers, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, so we've now each done three overrated, three underrated. I had one honorable mention and it was actually kind of referenced by you earlier, okay. but I'm going to call specific attention to something in Hollywood that I think is totally overlooked totally underrated it's right it's right under your feet and it is the massive amount of escalators to get to the lower lot have you ever in your life seen more escalators a longer escalator anywhere no and anywhere they're insanely long like they are crazy they're insanely long i don't know if you've ever had one like a section go down and then have to walk down the stairs, or even worse, have to walk up the stairs on your own two feet. After a long day of being in that park and walking around, you are so grateful that those escalators exist when you realize what it would be like if they didn't. I completely agree with you. It is absolute miserable. I completely agree with you. And one time when I was like, you know, like a teenager, we went to Universal Studios and my friends were like, We'll race to the top, see who gets there first. So all of us took the stairs on one of the sections instead of the escalator. Mm-hmm. We got about halfway up, and we're like, "This is a huge mistake." <laughs> yep. Like taking a mid yep. break, yep. and meanwhile, the people are just like, "What are you guys doing?" You know, like it's like just yeah, just waiting. Yeah, man, that's a good one. That's totally underrated, and like, I'm so glad that they did it that way instead of like some sort of elevator that you have to wait up, you know, forever for, um, it's really easy. There's normally like two that go down and two that go up. So even if one does go down, you still have another one. Yeah. I can't imagine what the bank of elevators would look like. We're just like, 
like 20 wide elevators all going to the same yeah, place. Yeah, a nightmare. Totally. It's just like upper lot, lower lot. That's a really good one. Yeah. Cool. Well, that, I hope, excites you, Drew, to come and visit me in Orlando and see, well, at least see how they've redeemed their food. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even get to talk much about the food in City Walk because it wasn't technically in the theme parks. Mm -hmm. But there's some really incredible food in uh, in City Walk as well. And just kind of the vibe of City Walk in Orlando is different than it. I think in Hollywood, it just feels like a mall and it's treated like a mall by the people in L.A. that are just kind of expecting a mall. Yeah. And there is a little bit of a different kineticism in Orlando. There's a much wider variety of things to do. Uh, so I think that it definitely it has a lot of excitement. Um, there's a Bob Marley place that's like a recreation of his house that uh, has like amazing Jamaican food. Um, there's this place that looks like this steampunk gothic factory that's like a uh, called Toothsome's Chocolate Emporium. Have you, I'm sure you've seen this in yeah, like pictures, right? I have. And and uh, place has like insane milkshakes and like all kinds of crazy desserts and like jimmy buffett's seaplane is like actually parked there mm -hmm. right it's like right in yep. front of islands of adventure right and it's got bullet holes in it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah crazy. there's a ton there's a ton right outside and then there's also boats that will take you to and from um the on-site hotels oh. right into like the center of city walk which is super neat and um, prior to COVID and probably after COVID as well, uh, you could just hop on them and go out to the on-site hotels, which also have a ton of like, like the Hard Rock has incredible food. Uh, there's a lot of great stuff. And even just walking around those hotels, I didn't even really mention it, but I think that the hotel design that Universal has done, pretty spectacular and pretty underrated. I actually have an honorable mention too. Um, okay. And it's actually, it's underrated and part of it's overrated. Uh, which is interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I'll, I'll do with the underrated first. So like the, the first honorable mention would be the Universal Studios Hollywood tram tour and not the tram tour itself. But what the one thing that I think is overlooked and not really appreciated is how like that is an active, an active recording soundstage you know, they may be filming somewhere where the tram tour needs to go or like was going the previous day. And they do such a good job of seamlessly changing the route so that mm -hmm. you would never know that you missed out on anything. Like there are some days when you get to go down Wisteria Lane, some days when you don't, some days you get to go towards the clock tower, some days you don't. And you would just never know as a tourist. And like at no point in time do you think like, oh man, we didn't go to go we didn't get to go to that area like they're always really good at like keeping the experience that's really hard like keeping that experience 45 minutes exactly even though things will be shut down um and like the other thing too is you and i the last time we went we saw them filming and like i don't know if you remember like we had to go through an actual filming area and they were like Shh, everybody has to be quiet yep. this is our mm -hmm. quiet zone um, I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure they were filming Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, that would line up. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Because we saw like a bunch of vintage cars and we saw a Western scene. 
And um, I remember our tour guide like freaked out because I'm pretty sure she saw Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> like I'm, I think so. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's who walked by us, and we just like had no idea. Anyway, just the fact that they can reroute the tram tour, um, I think it's just is really amazing. And that's like, could you imagine having any other attraction where that happens? Like no. That's the only place you can do it and still have an amazing experience. Just the idea that any theme park ride would have to be improvised is kind of yeah. like completely against the rules right. and they embrace it. They totally do. And then the overrated part for me is you can have a bad seat in the studio tram tour. And what I mean by that mm-hmm. is if you are within the first two cars, all you hear the whole time is the diesel engine and smell of the exhaust from the actual tram like i i don't really get why they haven't switched those to electric yet um like especially because could you imagine filming once upon a time in hollywood and this loud like it sounds like a semi-truck goes by every seven minutes or something you know like that's that's kind of crazy so for me that's like that's overrated like uh, sit towards the back you'll be happy or sit towards the middle because if you're anywhere near that exhaust, it is so loud. Well, speaking of the tram tour and speaking of the ending of the tram tour, we're now at the end of our overrated, underrated universal video. But what I want to talk about is what we're going to talk about next week. Yeah. And it is the same as the ending to the tram tour in Hollywood. So if you know what that is, you'll get a little sneak preview. Mm -hmm. But we are very excited to be imagining a brand new themed land around a franchise, a pretty storied multi-episode franchise that I think is massively hated on. And I think with with some proper deserving uh, credit, it gets hated on. So we're going to see if we can take the ending of the tram tour and the derivative ride that is uh, out in Orlando. And we're going to see if we can't take some inspiration from that and fix some of the flaws and make a really interesting, engaging, and cool Fast and Furious land. Yeah, so if you have any uh, gearheads in your family who are also theme park nerds like Aaron and I, keep an eye out. Turn on those notifications, subscribe to the channel, make sure that notification bell is on because you're not going to want to miss this next episode. It's going to be fun. We're going to talk about family. We're going to talk about (laughs) tuna with no crust. It's going to be a wild time. Oh yeah, definitely. We really appreciate you watching this video. Again, click the subscribe button. It's right down next to the like button and we will see you in our next video. See you later guys.